To open up Women's History Month, today I speak with a brother who's written a powerful comic about a historic woman. David Crownson, the creator and writer of the Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer comic. He's also an actor and filmmaker, and we're about to get right into it without further ado. David, what's happening, my brother? Hello. What's going on? What's going on with you? Hey, man, I'm, I'm, I'm great like Frosty Flakes. <laughs> <laughs> we we, we got to give you a round of applause on several things, right? Oh, thank you. We're going to give it to you twice. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> You're very welcome. Because, you know, this is a very, very, very uh, powerful comic book and a, a powerful uh, concept, so to speak, right? Thank you. <laughs> we believe in celebrating and giving the roses while you're alive. Oh, yes, I, I, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Blues people. So, again, we're talking to David Crownson, the writer and creator of Harriet Tubman, Demon Slayer, comic book and I was able to meet this brother at the Black Comic Con at the Schomburg in Harlem, New York and off the air he was giving us some very, very uh, pertinent and, and interesting information but before we get into that, which is really great because that's um, w would you consider that the business of the comic industry, what you were sharing? Uh, yeah Yes, it is. So before we get into that, let's let's talk about the the concept of of this comic book, right? Because it's twofold, right? We we have we have a historical aspect, and then we have a folklore folktale aspect, right? Which a lot of this were taking place at this time in this region, right? Because they 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 were uh, deep spiritual beliefs and conjuring going on. So what inspired you to do the comic and mesh all these things together? Yeah, I, I was, uh, what inspired it was me being on vacation. Like, well, but no, I was on like a bit, bit of a weird vision quest thing. I was going through a lot of, I was going through like a lot living in Harlem and was, you know, working like four jobs. Um, and, to like pay my rent and try to have a life. And I was just really stressed out and overworked. So uh, my mom was just like, I think she talked to me on the phone and she heard that I was like stressed and always manic. And she said, listen, you know, you're going to come live with us. Like my parents are originally from Ghana, West Africa. Mm, okay. And yeah, so they were like, you're going to come live with us for like a couple, like for like maybe a month or two. Um, we think you need to like meditate, pray and, and like relax and like take a break from America and like hustling around. Right. But I said, no, and I think I had like, you know, my background is in acting. So I had three big auditions and my mom said, if you don't get any of them, like you are taking your break. And I said, all right, fine. And I ended up not getting, uh, the job. I auditioned for. I came really close, and then it didn't happen. So 
I gave up my apartment, gave up my jobs, and like put all my stuff like in like a cheap little storage, and saved my pennies, and I went to Africa. So, and it was great. I highly recommend that we do this. <laughs> Everyone, please travel, take a break, go to Ghana, go like do something. Understood. Um, yeah, man. And while I was there, um, there was this Harriet Tubman documentary playing TV. And Harriet uh, her heritage and like her background, her family is originally from, is traced back to the cross. So Harriet Tubman is, is celebrated in, in Africa. Mm, okay. Uh, yeah, and I, I didn't know that. So I, I'm, I'm watching this documentary. I forget the name of it, and uh, I'm, I'm I start channel surfing, and I ended up bumping into uh, Crouch and Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and it was like the end of Crouch and Tiger, Hidden Dragon, where it's Michelle Yao fighting Zhang Z with all those katanas and weapons, right? And I'm like, oh, dope! I love this movie, and uh, then there was more, you know, channel surfing when that ended. And I stumbled upon uh, Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. And I was really, like, hyped to watch this movie because I thought it was a really cool concept. And, uh, but yeah, I watched the movie. It, it was trash. It was really bad. <laughs> um, so, I, like, no disrespect to, to the filmmaker because it's hard to make a movie. It is. Um, but if it's trash, it's trash. Because, <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, it's such a fun, like, concept like come on make this fun and like you can still be deep if you want <laughs> but like, come, like it's fun. and it was it was like it was cool just from an aesthetic it wasn't like cool like and like so i'm like so i was kind of bad so later on that night i was writing in my journal i was on some eat pray love like the blackmail version um <laughs> and just like writing in my journal like about my experience, because, you know, it was my first time being outside of America for, like, this long. Okay, understood. <laughs> yeah, and I had been, like, uh, I, I was I was in Ghana for four months. Wow, okay. And, yeah, it was a whole, a whole half summer vacation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so... I'm, I'm just kind of writing my journal, and it's just, like, a stream of conscious writing. And uh, these three things stood out to me when I was done. Like, I, I looked at the page and I was reading back what I wrote. And the three things that stood out were Harriet Tubman, Katana Fight Scene, the Crush Tiger Hidden Dragon, and Witch Hunters. And I was like, oh, because I, I documented what I had done for the day. And then I kind of just sat there for a second. And then I was like, Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer. Oh, shit. Oh, um, I thought you heard something. Um, it was all right. It's too late. I was, I was like, oh, shit. Is that Harriet Tubman? What if Harriet Tubman can move around like a ninja, like a, a new martial arts, like they do in Crash Tiger, Hidden Dragon, like that choreography, but she's beating up like a werewolf and like. Also, like, the keeping, like, the same, like, you know, thing with Harriet Tubman, as we know and love her, but she just has these abilities, and these things just happen to exist. And, like, you know, my imagination just kind of kept racing. And 
I didn't know what it was going to be. I didn't know if it was going to be uh, like a movie or a TV show or a video. I just, I just thought it was like a, a cool story and interpretation. It, it was a fun way of telling uh, history. And uh, when I got back, um, it still didn't tell me to make it a comic book, even though like I, I was in Ghana for four months. I, I packed like all of my comics with Okay. I think I packed I packed like in, in this was like around the time Miles Morales had just come out. Right. And I was a big fan of, of that comic book series. So I had like, I think I had like something like 40 uh, issues of it and a few other uh, comic books I had packed as well. And I was like, damn, I ain't packing enough books. <laughs> you know, I'm here for four months. Because I, I packed like I was only going to be there for a month. Mm. But I was I being there for four months. Um, which was a little bit of an accident because this is when the Ebola outbreak happened. Oh my goodness. And like, oh yeah, but like, it was so dumb because like, it, it didn't even hit Ghana at all. It was like, in the south, south part of like, at like, uh, of Africa, of the continent of Africa. So, but they, they were still quarantined and blocking people off. So I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm going to extend this vacation and just chill. So, well, things do happen um, for a reason. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. Like, if I had gone back earlier, I probably wouldn't have come back with this idea. So, like, I'm grateful that that, <laughs> that America was being scared. And thank you, America, for being scared as shit. <laughs> you helped me come up with an idea. Um, but yeah, man, like, when I got back into America, I saw a uh, How to Write Comic Books Um novel in like I think like one of those like gift stores that you see like at the airport and uh, I said oh it, that's it it's a comic book I'll make it a comic book and yeah and and, and here we are wow. but uh yeah like I I wrote I read this book by Brian Michael Bendis called Words for Pictures and uh you know he's one of my favorite writers and he created Miles Morales and um I read that book like, you know, in, in like one day and taught myself how to, well, not taught myself, but from the book, you know, learned how to make a comic book script um, and wrote like the first issue and outlined it. And then I was trying to find like financing and trying to figure out what the story was going to be and trying to get the money together to, to make it happen in the first place. And, was struggling for a little bit um, and I was like kind of talking to different uh, producers and trying to find financing and this one guy was uh, financed the whole, the whole comic but you know he turned out to be a total creep <laughs> so it's all good oh no oh yeah man he, 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 this, I won't say his name but he was like he was like this creepy kind of older white guy no offense to white people but like <laughs> one dude was old he was old and creepy I'm just saying like man that's what they look like he happened to be white um <laughs> And so I was like, I think I just said, like, all right, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a break. Like, it's been so hard trying to finance this, and I'm scared to go on Kickstarter. You know, let me just take a break and just focus just on acting, and, you know, everything's going to be all right. Like, Hillary, Hillary Clinton's going to be president, <laughs> you know, and, like, everything's going to be great. We got Wonder Woman coming out and Black Panther. Yeah, mind you, this is all this is 2016, by the way. And I'm like, I'm like, everything's gonna be great in 2017. Like, we're not gonna need, you know, like 
Like maybe, maybe maybe we don't need this comic right, right now. Right, right. You, you, so, so somewhere down the line, you equated everything being okay with Hillary Clinton being president. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, I understand the, the energy. Like, so many women were really happy. That is true. That is know? true. Like all of my female friends were either like, you know, this is great, or it's like they didn't like her. They're like, you know, you know, it's, it's cool that, that a woman is going to be president. You know, so there was a lot of that energy. And I was like, all right, cool. We just had Obama. Things are dope and great, you know, and I'm, I'm laughing at Trump. I'm like, you know, this dude's stupid. Like, this is never going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, why is he here? Like, he doesn't even want to be here. He's just doing this, like, to promote his own, like, TV show or something. Right. Uh, that's what he said. <laughs> like, it was all, like, thought it was dipping into politics for two seconds. Like, he, I remember they asked him, so how are you going to do this when you're president? And he never had a plan. But then they asked him, what are you going to do if you're not president? And he said, oh, I'm going to have a, you know, a TV channel called Trump TV. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that was that was hell. Like, he wants to have his own network like Oprah. <laughs> I'm like, that was. Hey, well, I mean, this so, is a capitalistic uh, society, but continue. Yeah. So I'm like, damn. So I'm like, all right, Hillary's going to be president. You know, everything's just like, everything's going to be fine. You know, and then mm-hmm. everything wasn't fine. And that was a long ass night. Like, <laughs> 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 the following morning, like, one of my friends called me and she had been crying all night because she was, like, she was really looking like, forward to this. It was uh, my friend Alex. Looking forward to a woman president? Yeah, you know, it was my friend Alex. Okay. My friend Alex called me a black woman and she just said, like, you know, I was really looking forward to this and and she said, look, and I told her about my for some odd reason, I started talking about my comic book. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, but that's okay. I I happen to know it was not a shameless plug, but it was a, a form of encouragement to a, a fellow sister that I got you. There's another hero coming. I, I get it. Oh yeah, well no, it wasn't even it wasn't even like I, I, I wasn't even trying to like yo my comic coming out. I just said like yeah, you know. I think she was asking, like, hey, so, like, you know, because um, I had posted about it um, on mm-hmm. Facebook, but, like, I I think I, I found my artist that I'm working with now, Portland Ellis, and I just, uh, I paid him, and um, he did the cover that's, like, all over the place now, and he just said... I yeah, that's he, a tough cover, by the way. Oh, well, thank you, thank you. Corbin did an amazing job, like, she just, I think she mentioned it. She said, hey, like, what's going on with that Harriet Tubman thing? And I, I said, oh, it's going to be a comic book series. And she said, cool. And then I uh, I just told her what happens in the first issue. And she just said, we need that book now. Wow. And I said, what? He's like, no, you don't understand. Like, we need, like, I need to see a woman kicking ass. And I need to see, like, a black woman kicking ass who, you know, right now racist men are feel bold. And emboldened, and it and it's like a welcome thing, like that. It's okay to be a racist piece of shit. Um, wow. And I'm like, you're. I'm like Alex. You're right. And uh, I thought about it, and I was like, well, we were on the phone like all night, like cause mm-hmm. we talked from like two a.m. to like five a.m. because we oh, just wow. could not believe. And, and and I just remember it was it was raining. It rained all day. 
And I went to sleep for like maybe an hour and I woke up and I didn't have work um, that day. And I went to the store and I went to like, you know, I was depressed. I'm like, I'm going to buy some depressed food. Um, so he's going to get ice cream. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I went to go. I went to go buy Oreos and like vanilla cream, so I could dip the Oreos in there and shit. <laughs> it, was really, it was really bad, and like pineapple soda. It was really bad and wretched. Uh, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy some sugary, high carb food, and I'm gonna watch uh, like. Luke Cage or some shit. <laughs> so I did that and I went to like this Walmart and there was this long line. Like there was like, there was a lot of white people at this uh, Walmart that I was at. And uh, there was a long line. I'm like, yeah, how come there's such a long line just to check out? And no one was going to um, one of the clerks. Her name was Priyanka and she's a Muslim woman who had a job on. And oh. hey, how come no one's going to her line? It's something wrong with her register. And all these white people were just like, no, no, nothing's wrong. We don't know if something's wrong with her register. And I said, okay, I'm going to go to her. And I went there and I, she checked me out like normally. And I said, hey. And uh, I left. And this, this older white man just kind of walked up to me and said, hey, man, you're braver than me. And I said, what? He says, I don't trust that lady. You know, you, 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 ne- you can never trust them. And I, I was like, are you wow. serious? And I'm like, did this just happen or something? And like, I'm a black man. And he said this to me. And I'm like, I'm like, what? I'm like, like <laughs> she's been working here for like four years. Do you think she's going to like explode now? And he says, yeah, man. Right. got to be careful. Considering yeah. this is many years after 9-11 as well. Correct? Exactly. Yeah, this is 2016. So wow. I'm, like, I'm like, I have to make this promise, you know, because all this stuff, all this racism was now welcome and it was going to become normal. And it felt like I was, he talked like it was normal. I'm like, no, this, this is being hateful should never be a normal thing. You should be, or if you are a race hateful person, you should be scared that you have those thoughts. Um, so I'm like, I'm making this comic book. We're going to launch it on Kickstarter, and I was really terrified because I had seen a, a, a few Kickstarters fail, and I'm like, we have to do this. And I called Portland, and I said, we're doing this on Kickstarter. We're going to launch, and we're going to raise like fifteen thousand dollars. And he said, all right, cool, we're doing it, and that was that. <laughs> mm. So, just to 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 kind of summarize in a nutshell. A fun idea in a um, retreat moment, so to speak. And I say retreat because you went away to just kind of gather yourself and your and relax and stuff becomes an activist moment. Is this what I'm hearing? Yeah, yeah. It became like you know a low key activist moment, and and, and you know I and at first I, when I created it wasn't like I'm going to make an activist. It was literally like, oh, like this is a fun idea, and it was my own like selfish like thing, uh, my own selfish like fun and uh, and a dream, you know, and just me just me having fun and being creative, and then it became more, it became bigger than me, right? It became about something else because 
Yeah, after I talked to Alex, I talked to a few other and mainly female friends who just said, like, I need to see this book. Like, banging on a table. Like, I need to see this So You understand? I need this. You know, that's really interesting. And I I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but that's really interesting that up until this point, because I'm about to ask you, majority of the people women specifically, black women or brown women, even more specifically, these are adults that needed to see this. The irony is these are adult women that need this, right? So have you gotten any um, of these adult women or adult males um, speaking in regards to young girls need this as well? Any young people? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think there is a, this one teacher, she said, hey, I want to buy some for my class. And, and, and a lot of, like, young girls uh, really liked the comic. And, uh, and also, like, a lot of young boys like, like the book, too. Um, like, I think this even happened at, uh, at, I think, last year, and also at... at uh, at Black Comic Fest at Schomburg, there was a guy who was walking around and he was specifically buying comic books for his grandsons. And he was a little misogynistic, old, old school black man. He's like, I want like a comic book for my grandson so they can look up to like a, like a man or something like that. <laughs> and, uh, and, he, and he was, you know, I, I didn't know this because I was kind of really focused on my own stuff. Right. <laughs> I found Later, he, um, I was sharing a table with a brilliant artist named uh, and Stephen, Stephen Harris. Correct. And uh, yeah, and and, and he uh, told me, he said, "Hey, like this guy who never buys any female-led uh, comics, like just bought your comic." And I said, "Really?" And uh, he's like, "Yeah, he he really related to the art, and he thought the art like looked cool." And then mainly. What also has been happening over the course of a year, like I didn't expect this. You know, little girls were dressing up as my as my version of Harriet Tubman for Halloween, and uh, like second graders. I mean, which kind of like I don't know. I wasn't intending to make this for children. I kind of was making this for like teenagers and and up. But these eight year old girls were like, I loved it when Harriet Tubman decapitated. And like, and also I, and I was wondering, I'm like, Hey, so what's the difference kids, between like, and like I was, I was maybe shooting myself down a little bit. I'm like, Oh, you know, well, you got storm and you got, you know, the door Milage and black Panther and Shuri. And there's something like, I, I was, you know, wondering what, what, what was about my thing. They said, oh, cause you're, cause she's like the lead character. Like your comic, like storm is still like in it. Storm in the X Men, right? And but yours is like Harry. It's like the title character. Um, and I said, "Oh, okay." I I, I never really thought of it like that because even though it's Harry Tubman Demon Slayer, I'm telling it's like you know there's still a supporting cast of people that I'm trying to balance and um yeah, but like yeah, little girls really gravitate to it. Also, like little boys really like it too. Like there was one um. I think I visited this at like a middle school and like these girls were are into like doing they call it like history revisionist history now. And uh they're like, Yeah, it's 
it's because you're comic book that inspired it, and I really like it. And I'm like, I'm like, oh damn! I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> no, I mean, it's really so. So let's let's get into the stories then, because you know Harriet being a um prominent figure in Black history, also being a hero that's relatable to the average person, right? So it just makes it more relatable. That's like your great-great-grandmother, your great-great-grandmother that's just kicking behind, you know? Yeah. So let's get into the story. So I have cha- I have chapter one. Yeah. Okay, and I, and I read this. And so they're trying to make, I don't, I don't want to give too much away, right? So actually, before we get into the actual story, what my question is, what was the research like? Did you do it? Because I noticed the name, uh, uh, what is it, Edgewater, Edgefield? Edgefield, yeah. Right. So if I'm not mistaken, there is a town in South Carolina by that name that has a big uh, historic uh, connection to the government, the way things are done, and and the Confederacy and all this kind of stuff that dates back to the 1700s. Did you intentionally use some of these things to kind of throw hints so people can research or have an understanding of the history behind the creativity? Yeah, like when I uh, was doing research, um, I looked at Edgefield, and uh, I looked up names with actual slaves. Um, and mm. the Edgefields, uh, I'm not sure if they're related, but how they gave me, uh, I think some of the manuscripts that I followed, they, they didn't give me like the ages of the people. And uh, I think I looked up and I, I just really gravitated to Edgefield. And that's the name of the family you meet in the, the you know in the first issue. And I looked up like real slave names and um, the, the names of slaves. And there was there was Catherine and Caesar and Venus. And I think Caesar was the first one that I saw. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, I really like that. Like, I like that name. And I'm like, I like Caesar. And then I looked, and I think I saw someone's last name, and it was Edgefield. And I'm like, all right, like, I like that. Like, I'm gonna make. Um, I knew the supporting cast was going to be, um, at the time, it was just a father and the daughter. There was no mo- there was no mother yet. Right. And, uh, and then I just, when I was doing research, I just did, looked up, like, the, basically, like, the, this was, this was all, like, I, I Googled, like, the, the names of slaves, and I was trying to find out, like, how marriage works and like, do they separate families? Um, and I just something about like, I'm like, no, I don't want, I, I, I want to show that, that though there, this is a, a terrible time. Like someone was able to find love and fall in love and then have a child. And, uh, I want, I want there to be a family dynamic. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have the mom be there. And she's going to be alive and well. Because usually, you know, those are our stories. You know, it's always right. like the single father or like the single mother, right? Like, or those are our movies, you know? Right. So I'm like, right. Yeah, like I'm going to show that, like, this man, Caesar, he's married. And he gets along with his daughter, and his daughter makes fun of him. Like, he, he's a girl dad. 
and she's a daddy's girl. So I'm going to show that. Um, and it, it's a it's a healthy, even though like they're in a toxic environment, it's a healthy family that loves each yeah. other. Uh, and I want to show that. So, um, but first, like doing research on Harriet was really hard and difficult because I, I think that because she ran such a tight operation, there was so much that was kept secret that wasn't documented. Like we don't know if this woman has children. Like no one knows. No one even knows her exact birth date. Um, because I think she, they didn't find out who she was. Uh, as far as like leading slaves to freedom on the Brown Railroad, no one found out who she was until about um, three, four years um, until slavery was abolished. And then she was a uh, fugitive, and she was considered the most dangerous woman, the most dangerous woman, most dangerous person in America. This is after emancipation. Oh, no, this, this, this is before. This is before. Okay, no. What I'm what okay, so what I'm asking you, they found out who she was three years after slavery uh quote unquote ended, but during the oh, time no. she was considered the most dangerous person. That's what I'm asking. Oh yeah, yeah. During the time she was considered the most dangerous person. There was a forty thousand dollar reward, like bounty on mm. her head. Forty five would like for with today, that's I mean, that's a lot of money, but to for today, that's like forty-five million dollars. That is true. Um, and, and so there was a bounty on her head. So that makes the one they found out who she was. And Harriet Tubman, four foot eleven, does not read. Uh, Negro woman, and and the, the crimes in stealing property. Like that's how they looked at us as property. Mm. And. So the guy was for $45,000. She's the most dangerous woman in America. And I'm like, my Barbie's like, yeah, that's gangster. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, there was a lot of, I had trouble finding, I really wanted to get in touch with um, her personality and how she relates to other people. And it was really difficult. Um, because so much was so much was hidden. So like even even in some of the books I read, they didn't really give me much about her personality. And I, like with me, when I'm writing, I gotta find something that makes the character quirky. Right? Like it has to be something. And, uh, so That's coming I, from a director and an actor, so I, I know where you're going with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I was really struggling. Um, I had read like two different books and. I got like a little bit of a flavor, but it was kind of the same thing. And how how we see her in history is like the dead serious person. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, like I gotta get more. Like, there has to be more. Um, then just I just need for you all. And uh, I think I was doing some research. Um, I had like uh, I think I was on I was at I was at my job, and I kind of was googling stuff and reading some stories and. It was like 3 or 4 a.m., and I'm kind of like out of it. <laughs> and I found this story about Harriet Tubman, and it was a, uh, I think she's leading a family to freedom. And uh, one of, I think the father, one of the male slaves started having a panic attack. And he started like, uh, yeah, he started having a panic 
attack. And, you know, this is, this is 1850. He doesn't know he's having a panic attack. Um, <laughs> so he starts freaking out, and, he, and he's loud and crying. And he's like, I made a mistake. I made a mistake. This is terrible. Like, my family, you know, they, they gave us shoes. And they they allowed my son to read, and like they allow us to sleep in the big house. Like, why are we escaping so we can go and like I think shoot them into Canada so they can get jobs, to get money. Right. So he he starts having a panic attack, and Harriet Tubman just walks up to him, and someone got scared. Like you know, at the time, like the rumor is like Harriet Tubman. If, you're not going to miss her operation. She will pull out a gun on you and shoot you and kill you. Mm. So people got scared because little, little Harrington walks up to this giant man and she puts her hands on his shoulders and leans in and starts talking to him quietly and like takes the time to like hear him and like listen to him. And she just starts talking to him and she becomes really present with him. And, and then he started laughing. And like she told him a joke, and he's like he started laughing, and then he calmed down, and then mm. she talked to him some more, and this was like fifteen minutes, maybe it probably felt like forever. But it was fifteen minutes of, of, of just talking to this man, and I'm like, that's who she is, mm. that's a hero, in the face of this crazy demonic monster called slavery and the stress and strain of leading six people, six, like three, four adults and two children to freedom. And you have, and she, you have the time to like have like a empathetic motherly, um, presence in the face of all of that. Right. And, and you show like, compassion yeah, in, a, in a very intense yeah. moment. Yeah. And I'm like, that's how I'm going to write her. I'm going to write her kind of in a way that I imagine Superman. Like, Superman, no matter what, he is in control of every situation. <laughs> you know, and that is true. Of whatever, he is still going to maintain a calm demeanor. And when Superman fights you, he's fighting you. He's not like trying, he's not like Batman who's trying to break your bones. Like, Superman's trying to, like, save you in a weird way. Um, no, I understand what you mean. The, the, the difference between compassion and em- empathy and, and then someone who's more psychotic, right? Or a sociopath, because Batman like has many levels of, of mental health issues. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like, yo, I'm like, yo, if I have money, like, I'm like, yo, just invest me. I understand there's like corruption and and stuff. Like I was talking about this with a friend of mine. Like she's like, "Yo, Batman has Bruce Wayne has money. Why can't he just give money?" I'm like, "Yeah, he can do. He does that." But like, there's still mob bosses and corrupt politicians and stuff. Like, I think in the comics, and this is why people, some people want to move out of Gotham because there's a crazy clown running around killing people. So I think Bruce <laughs> Wayne paid for the rent, or like he uh, he made the rent, like really cheap or something like that and he bought out a bunch of towns and just made the rent like really cheap um but yeah like like yeah that is like a much more like aggressive violent thing you know and super and superman right. like calls and uh it's, it's, it's coming from a loving not and 
there's no cynicism or resignation. And also, like, right. being that, and also, just because, and this kind of relates to Harriet Tubman, and there were not kind of, it does relate to Harriet Tubman, you know, being that strong and being that powerful, um, you're almost like walking, you're almost like a god walking amongst men. Or, like, a different perspective is she's an adult walking amongst children. So that absolute power kind of absolves her from selfishness or cynicism. And, you know, the real Harriet Tubman, you know, uh, she had a, a vision and she claimed that God prophesied to her that she was going to lead slaves to freedom. So this was kind of a, a, a spiritual, this was a calling. And she felt empowered and strengthened right. by God to do that. So, like, that was like her superpower. Right, right. So now... First, what age is Harriet in the time of this comic book? Because, it, it, yeah, just what age? Because she's very agile. She, you know, she's she's walking on on branches. But then, if you watch like uh, Daredevil, the little Asian lady, I can't think of her name, was able to do the same thing Harriet was doing. But she's like a two thousand years old. What age do we have, Harriet? <laughs> well, um, my Harriet is in her uh, mid thirties. Okay, in the cop, and she's been active for about uh, seven years. Mm. Um, yeah, she's in year seven of leading slaves to freedom and, and fighting demons and vampires and werewolves. Outside of of the movie you spoke about, does any of the the demons and and demonic entities correlate? with any of the Southern black and any other black uh, belief of conjuring and things of this nature? Uh, I don't want to spoil it, but yeah. I got you. <laughs> and, All right. So don't, don't go too much into it because we want the people to read it. But if you can give us a little bit of information. <laughs> well, like, a lot of it, I kind of put um, of American, you know, the classic American stuff that we've seen, I think a lot of stuff I took from Anne Rice as far as uh, vampires and um, the different interpretations of like goblins and uh, the boogeyman and uh, there's a little bit of like a voodoo thing that's introduced um, in issue four that what we're working on right now and there's a and, you know yeah, there were black people who you know practiced you know witchcraft. That is true, and and like we're going to see some of that, and we're going to see like a little bit of like voodoo stuff um, in issue four, and uh, yeah, <laughs> that'll be that. All right. Well, let me ask you, what was? And I think I already know this answer based on what you shared with us, but I, I haven't asked you this specifically. What was the most interesting thing you found in your research to put this together? The, the most, well, the, the thing I just told you about, um, about Harriet Tubman maintaining a sense of sport. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Yeah, and, and just being resourceful and, 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 and it, out someone like me if someone found out that I like like if it was me and there was a bounty on my head and like people 
for me. Like, I think I think her family members, like I think her parents, were saying, "Hey, um, you take a break. You can't be doing this anymore." <laughs> right, right. Like this is dangerous. She's like, "No, I gotta, I gotta these people and keep leading them to freedom." And we just said, "Like you're crazy. You're nuts." <laughs> you know, like I probably would. I'm like, mom, maybe you're right. <laughs> let let me chill out and just relax until this dies down. Let me let me let Abraham Lincoln work this out. But she was like, no, because again, and uh, first I'm like, well, we don't know that there's going to be a happy ending. We don't know that Abraham Lincoln. We don't know about the world. We like because this might have been this might have been going on forever. That is also like, yeah. There, from our perspective, there's a very real reality that it's you know <laughs> this might have been going on for an, another hundred years. Mm, mm. So, so and let that, me ask that, you. Go ahead. In, in regards to the actual physical comic. Um, and, and, and going to a lot of these comic cons and black comic festivals, what other uh, achievements and accolades um, have you received, felt, or, or what have you from this comic book? I don't know. I, I think I, I haven't like won any like awards or anything. I haven't. <laughs> I think. Oh man! I like. <laughs> I, I I should like submit or you know I think uh, a good friend of mine I did he's also like an amazing uh, creator uh, uh, Greg Anderson Ellis a Haitian comic creator he writes that it's not a um, comic and Marissa uh, he he sent me a thing where you can submit your work uh, if you're a creator you can submit your work I think for the Glitch Awards and. Um, I was like, cool, thank you. And then I just got really busy and overwhelmed because, um, you know, when you're doing comics, you have to be on top of it. And people might want, uh, I might get like an inbox of an order and I have to like make sure uh, everything comes out correct and everything is shipped on time. And, and then also taking the time to write the comic. But yeah, I haven't, yeah, I haven't received any like best new comic book. Award. <laughs> like, like, I mean, I, I've been too busy, like trying to make the damn comic and make it good and make sure it's enjoyable and looks good. So, I mean, if I if I end up one day getting nominated or something, I'll be very happy and proud. But I think uh, the biggest thing I've had accolade like accolade I uh, I think Sci-Fi Wire. Um, Karama Horn, um, she did like a, a review and a piece on the uh, on the comic, you know, and I thought it was like a big like little mm. you know place to be. So I think that's like that and like yeah, that Paul, uh, you know, did a review and, and gave it a review. So I'm like I'm like cool. Uh, actually, one of the biggest accolades is uh, oh oh man. Uh, I'm, I'm forgetting the Black Nerd Problem. They did a review of the comic and they gave it like five, uh, five, um, five, uh, I think, clap backs out of five or something, or five hair picks. They have 
the way of reviewing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought that was cool. But <laughs> no, that's very cool. So besides, which is very important, continuing to to work on it to make sure you're delivering quality comic books. Do you have any future plans of making it uh, a, a movie, a cartoon, anything like this? Any dolls? Oh, oh I, I have ideas. <laughs> that, that's all I will say on that. Oh, God, I, hey. I, I, have, <laughs> I have ideas and maybe some people who are, you know, interested and think it's cool uh, but yeah, but yes, I I I I have ideas, and and we will see. Like maybe you'll maybe you'll hear something, an announcement, or something. I definitely will. Let me know. I'll let you know. So, well, I mean, I, I'm really happy you took the time to talk to us about this. Uh, a wonderful comic book. I think it's very exciting. I'm happy to see heavily melanated people on comic books in a, in, in, in such a large number. You know, I was really excited at the um, festival. You know, where, where can the listeners find you and order? If you want to um, order the comic, um, if you want a digital copy right now, it's on Comixology. And uh, I think you want a physical copy. Um, it's not on Amazon yet, but uh, in the meantime, you can just uh, inbox me and um, I'll have the book shipped uh, to you. And I think, um, where else? But yeah, soon, soon it'll be on Amazon. Soon it'll be... Um, it's on PeteGameComics.com, which is a black-owned site. Uh, there's a few comic book stores as well, like Mahogany Books and uh, um, Forbidden Planet, which just sold out of it recently. And uh, My goodness, I, I, my mother, when I was a little, little guy, what she used to do, I didn't mean to cut you off, but you just brought back a great memory <laughs> of my mother, the matriarch. When I was a little guy, that was my reward at the end of the week for doing good in school. A trip to Forbidden Planet. That tells you how long that's been around. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, like, it's a great comic book store, and, like, they sell out really, uh, they, they sell out my book fast. Uh, I'm extremely grateful, you know, to have that. Man, so the, what about your social media handles and things of this nature so people could keep up with your movements and journey? Yes, uh, you can find me at dkrausen on, uh, on Instagram. And uh, if you want to follow the comic book on Instagram, uh, it's harrietpubson underscore demonslayer. Um, that's for Instagram again. You want to follow me on Twitter? I'm at the Cranston. Uh, don't follow me on Facebook because I think I reached the quota on Facebook apparently. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can't have this many friends or some shit. But, uh, oh, correct. I'm Demon Slayer on Facebook. There's a fan page. You can like it and and follow us uh, there as well. Okay, so let me let me ask you this one last question. For you personally, considering the conversation you had with a friend, well, several friends at that, and then the experience you had at the Walmart, for you personally, how is the journey and 
how satisfying is it for you to to get this? I call it black folklore or, or, or folktale only because of the the creative aspect of the narrative. To to get to be part of African American folklore and folktale, how does this feel to you? I am. It, it, it still hasn't because it's like a fun, weird uh, thing. But, but I'm, I'm, I'm super grateful, you know, which is, again, this was like a goofy idea that was in my head at like 2 a.m. in Connolith, Africa, in like, you know, my, my, my extremely hot room be something mm. that, that's mm. your thing. And, you know, I wouldn't like to make this so I can, you know, with the intention, I mean, I'm grateful that it's sold out and I, you know, there's been a little bit of like residual, uh, take back, but this was just, was, I just made this because I thought it was fun. I thought it was cool. And, and then after election stuff and kind of the, it being a, a bigger thing that kind of gave it more substance because now this felt more of a responsibility in a good way. Um, yeah. Like, man, like, it, it's unreal. Like, <laughs> when, the, when I hear, like, you know, I think Astrobin Planet, and then they bought, like, I think, uh, like, two boxes worth of comics. And I was like, wow, you know, and I'm like, cool. And uh, I go about my business, you know, my other job is um, also taking the time to write the comic as well. And then and I, like, you know, an inbox message. Someone that said, "Hey, I rushed to Forbidden Planet, and uh, your book sold out." And I'm like, "Oh, okay. They probably like they haven't gone there yet." I said, "Hey, man, like I just dropped off like a whole bunch of comics last week. They have some." And they're like, "No, they don't. They've completely sold out." And I'm like, "Oh, snap! Wow! You know, like like that's a crazy cool feeling. That many want your book that badly, and it's in demand, and you know, it puts a little bit of pressure on you to." on top of it but uh yeah i'm just grateful it's it's mainly gratitude like all i have is gratitude um and and like and love that like people love something that i you know spent uh some time quietly by myself working on and having fun doing it It, 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 again yeah just gratitude. No, I hear you, man. Well, we thank you. Um, keep up the great work. And when you get to your next monumental moment, please reach out so we can interview you so you can announce it. Oh, of course, man. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Oh, no problem. When we put when when it's published, all your information will be linked. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. We'll publish it and reach out, and I'll I'll ship. You know, whatever you want. <laughs> the book uh, will be if you're in New York. Uh, yeah, you can go to Forbidden Planet. It'll be, well, it's sold out now, but by the time this is out, it'll be at Forbidden Planet. <laughs> groovy, groovy. All right, good people. You've been bluesing and cruising and talking on Jack Dapper Blues with David Crownson about a great, I want to say new, but it's not necessarily new. It's new to you all. Harriet Tubman, Demon Slayer comic book. Make sure you get your hands on this thing. And we're going to wrap with y'all real soon. <laughs>